We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us here uh, for the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis, Chief of Staff at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, and we are here for the next hour to talk about animal care, to talk about our pets' best health, how we can um, keep them as healthy as possible, how we can prevent certain issues from happening. And this um, hour is only as informative as your questions. So I ask for your participation in calling me. Let's talk about your pets. Let's see what has um, sort of transpired um, over the last three or four months in terms of some of their uh, medical needs. Has something changed in their lives? Do you feel that you're noticing something like drinking more water than they used to uh, six months ago? Anything that you feel you're just not quite sure what you should do next? Should they be seen by your veterinarian? Have they already been seen by your veterinarian? And you're just not sure what was actually discussed in the room? Because sometimes we throw so much information at you. uh, It's like, hard to digest it and sometimes you then go online and it's not really the same and some because obviously you can't trust everything you read online but that's what I'm here for to try to explain some of the situations that you're going through Um, sometimes it is time to get a second opinion sometimes not but that's what we're here for so please give me a call we're here 860-522-9842 Kevin will um, get answer the calls and put you in the queue, and I am happy to speak to you about anything having to do with your pets. I uh, a few weeks back, I guess the last time I I did the show, which is a, a, um, a couple of weeks now, I told you that if the men made it to the Final Four, this is University of Connecticut uh, men's basketball team, uh, that I was going to Houston, and we did. It was a lot of fun. I'm very proud of our um, student-athletes. They did a fabulous job representing Connecticut um, nationally. As you know, they are national champions. So it's um, it was a good little break and a good little celebratory time. Uh, but again, this is all about uh, veterinary care, and we're back to doing what we do on, on a daily basis at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And if you can't... Um, get in through the phone calls or you just want to reach out and speak with us, you can go ahead and either call us um, or the best thing is go to our website, which is bloomfieldanimalhospitalct.com. That's bloomfieldanimalhospitalct.com. And we will just, uh, there's a a link there that you can contact us. Uh, My staff is wonderful about checking the emails um, two to three times a day. And our phone number, if you need it, is 860-286-2986. 
So I think that's some of the business at, that I wanted to get over with right from the beginning of the show. But we know the warm weather is here, right? I mean, it was hot the previous two days, and now we're kind of leveling off a little bit, but still warmer than usual this time of year. It does feel like it's, it's um, it, it just summer just hit us all of a sudden. And because of that, I would like you to um, keep in mind that with this warm weather, we are going to start dealing with parasites um, sooner than, than, than later. And some of those parasites have to do with fleas, which will be coming in a little bit. We've got mosquitoes to worry about because they transmit heartworm disease. I've seen plenty of them around. And right now we're also talking about ticks. Ticks are just horrific. Um, and, you know, b- before I start getting to some of the calls, and I know people are calling in and getting in the queue, but I just want to address these horrible creatures. You know, they're now surviving during the winter due to climate change. The warmer weather has caused ticks to be active actually year-round. And the average annual air temperature in the state of Connecticut is like 2.2 degrees higher than the previous year. And the number one reason is that we haven't had that great frost, that long frost. The winters so far have been very mild. Um, This past winter in particular, there were weeks when the temperatures had reached above 60 degrees or even higher. In addition to having that warmer weather, we're also having these shorter winters. So because of that, ticks are flourishing. That's one thing that's happening. The other thing is that as long as the temperature is above freezing, deer ticks can survive the winter. And we also know that our deer tick population is growing because deer population is growing in the state. That's another major issue. And because of that, over the past several years, um, the state has seen several invasive tick species besides for the deer tick because there's all different types of species there but because of the ticks that normally like to live in warm, warmer weather like the lone star tick the gulf coast tis, tick and the asian longhorn tick these are ticks that just from the sound of their name you know they're normally in warmer weather well they're surviving here they're surviving here in the state of connecticut in the northeast and even some of these unusual uh, types of tick species that are coming from Africa and Central America. We're seeing them come through because they're coming in with visiting travelers. And we thought that maybe those ticks would not survive here in the Northwest, but to our surprise, they are. So this year has been substantially worse with regard to the number of tick submissions that we're seeing, and they are very active with, with disease. And some of those diseases um, and I will talk about them later in the show, are ehrlichiosis, you know about Lyme disease, anaplasmosis, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and babesiosis. And because of that, we you need to speak with your veterinarian, with your veterinary office, about what we can do to try to keep those ticks from coming into your home, attaching to your dog and cat. So it's all about prevention And um, it's just extremely important, and it's not too early to start. Uh, That is something that there's all sorts of choices, whether you want to use a special collar, whether you want to use a topical or oral. There are things that are safe to give to your pets to try to help prevent us from getting any of those um, tick-borne diseases in our pets or even on us. So having said that, let's just be prepared this spring. And I'm going to reach out to Peter because Peter was the first one on the phone call so far. How are you today? Hi, doctor. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
Yeah, I have a pit terrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's about two years old. Mm-hmm. Recently, he's been sneezing once in a while and like has like a little bit of a cough. Okay. Not constant, but he'll he'll cough mm-hmm. and uh, and and it seems like he he does occasionally sneeze. I was wondering if. You know how people get allergies at, I, in the springtime. Yeah. Can can that same thing be with dogs? Yeah, it can, um, Peter. I think that um, our dogs and cats tend to show allergies a little bit differently than just upper respiratory symptoms. Uh, so I, you know, some of the sneezing, yeah, I can get that can go along with with the allergies. The coughing is not so much of uh, though. I think allergies first and foremost. Um, and with a two-year-old, uh, I, I kind of wonder, is there a little irritation with the trachea? If you find if you touch his neck, does he cough a little bit easier? Uh, does he cough at night would be some of my questions if, if you were seen in the office. Does he do anything like that? Do any mm-hmm. of those, does, does he cough at night more than during the day? No. Or not really? Okay. No, okay. yeah. You know, and again, if it's not excessive, I would relax about it. But if the coughing, say the sneezing dies down, especially as the allergens are are a little bit less in our environment, but the coughing continues, then I would, I would be, make sure that that was examined or your pet was examined or pit terrier was examined and, and listen to that heart, make sure there's nothing going on there. Cause sometimes the main reason why a dog will cough is because of their, their heart or they have some tracheal irritation as well. So if it continues, I don't want to just throw it all in the allergy basket. I would rather have that him examined. Do you, when was the last time he was seen? When he was a puppy, or recently? No, no, he recently. Yeah, oh, good. because good, good. he he had an issue with his ears, the itching. Yeah. So he got a medication for that. Okay. That I that I'm almost through. Uh, doing refills on uh, okay. the the prednisolone. Yeah. Okay. You probably heard of it, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm on his last refill, and he gets one every day, and okay. he doesn't shake his head as much. Okay. You know how when their ears itch, but uh, well, other than that. He's fine. Well, interesting that you talk about the ears because when I said the dogs and cats don't have the classic human symptoms of allergies, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. typical allergy symptoms we see in dogs and cats are scratching at their ears, sometimes mm-hmm. um, licking their paws. That's another um, allergy symptom. So those are the, I think oh. you're already addressing though that uh-huh. that symptom with the the intense itching at the ears and just not being comfortable and prednisone is an excellent corticosteroid um, there are other medications you can use to help it if it this truly is an allergy problem um, but I would kind of that kind of is fitting more with your your allergy deduction there is more the ears than anything yeah okay. and you know doctor mm-hmm. one more thing sure. I've been kind of putting it off. Yeah. Uh, he's not neutered, and okay. I've been told by more people than you know that it's better to 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 get that done. He'll be like calmer, and mm-hmm. you, you you know the uh, typical thing. I do. You know? I do. How much does he weigh? Is he about thirty pounds or 60, more like 
62 pounds. Okay. All right. The neutering question for a male is um, I, I do leave that at somewhat of a personal choice. I mm-hmm. all, all my dogs and cats have always been neutered or spayed. I think it's really important. And I think in dogs, male dogs that tend to be on the aggressive side, neutering will help change that very significantly. If he's not aggressive, I do think a, a neutered male, for my personal living in my home, is, is a better pet. But, you know, it, it really is. Is there a medical reason that we have to, to neuter the um, males versus the females? We, we do tend to have some medical problems that are associated if you don't, don't, if you don't spay them, including uh, breast cancer. But in the males, yes, it can lead to prostate issues down the line, um, but, and it can lead to if there's a possibility of getting something like testicular cancer. But usually the treatment at that time is neutering. So um, okay. I'm going to let that let you and, make and you that choice. Yeah. Okay, okay doctor. Right. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy the nice weather we're having. I am going to enjoy it. You too, Peter. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank yep, you. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to go ahead. Um, it's going to be our quick break, and then we're going to make sure that we t- talk to Carmilla. She is um, in our, our queue along with Bob. Oh, I think we're going to get an update on our kittens. Okay. All right. Listen, let's take that quick break, and we'll be back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. I was away for an extra week there, but I'm back, and we're back on track. And we have um, several people that have already called in. I might have one slot open if you want to call and get into the queue, because, again, if you call in early, I promise I will answer your phone calls. And um, I think uh, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. Is it Carmilla or Carmelia? Carmelia. Carmelia, thank you so much for calling in. How can we help you today? Okay, I have a very small toy poodle. Mm-hmm. And she was bitten by the black tick and has anaplasmosis. Oof. Oof. Okay. Oof. Um, I, she's on doxycillin for two weeks. Great. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm wondering... Can that tick be controlled by uh, the was it Sempura the three the Semperica um, trio? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, you know we were. Uh, I just touched base on it when I was talking about tick control. Um, I and yes, that is one of the products um, that that's out there that you that will. Um, um, controlled ticks it's not so much of a repellent as it is when the ticks do attach they will die and theoretically they will die before they can inject the disease so um so you have a little little dog then and so anaplasma is something that uh, i'm seeing a lot more of of it this year here in connecticut it's one of the diseases that ticks will transmit was your did your dog also test for lyme at the same time or just anaplasmosis no um uh, she uh, the lyme was negative good the um what was the other one um ehrlichia ehrlichia um well <clears throat> heartworm <clears throat> excuse me it's okay uh, the heartworm Right. Um, she was tested for that, and everything was negative but except the, the anaplasmosis. Wow! And is she doing better? Uh, well, she seems um, 
she seems to be doing better. Okay. Uh, she's a little monster when you go to give her <laughs> medication. Yeah, doxycycline, they don't love the doxycycline. It's hard to hide it as well. So, But it's important that they get it if she has an active case of anaplasma. Um, when you mention heartworm, though, I just want people to make sure they know that heartworm is a different type of disease that's transmitted by a mosquito. It's not one of the diseases transmitted by ticks. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about heartworm later in the show. But um, again, here in Connecticut, we do see these ehrlichia, anaplasmosis, Lyme, and Rocky Mountain spotted fever that are transmitted with ticks. So I think what you're talking about is how can you prevent these ticks or future ticks from attaching? And right. um, th- these one, but the medication that you're talking about is one of them. Um, and again, it's it's given orally, so that should do the job. Um, and so it doesn't matter whether you have a big dog that's got lots of fur or a small little dog. You know, they ticks don't care. They find a warm body and they're gonna cuddle in there and attach by their head. And I think it's important for everyone to kind of know what a tick looks like. Did you, you saw the tick or you just assumed there was no, a tick? I never, uh, I, you know, all the ticks I've ever found on my dogs, um, yeah. I've, I've seen them. Right. Um, but um, with her, I don't know if this tick acts differently, if it attaches and then releases really quick or if it wants to have its supper or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It's a, um, it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, after they have a blood meal. Um but usually but they're there for a little while. They 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 can be there for for a few days. Um I think if you have one of the you know the tick repellents or one of the tick um killers uh, medications, they're not going to attach as long. That's the way that they work. Some of them will um but they will many times attach first and they attach by their head. And when we talk about an engorged tick, you can, there's a big difference, even though these are small little creatures, they're tiny, but even though there's a difference between the way a tick looks, and I would encourage you to look online, uh, and this is for the entire audience, just look online what a tick looks like when it, before, before the time it attaches or when it first attaches, versus when it's engorged, meaning it's had its blood meal, it's been there for several hours, and what that looks like. Because I tell people, don't panic if they just see a flat tick that looks like it just attached. Don't assume that every tick has the diseases in it. But if you have an engorged tick and you just see, you you try to pull it off and it's just full of blood, that's when you know it's been there a while. And that's when I would consult with your veterinarian. What should you do next? Okay, does that help you? But go with that Um, once a month prevention. Yes, yes. Um, and also, yeah, um, because there's a swampy area on my property, um, I, we have a, um, mosquito vac. Okay. And so when that's going, uh, it attracts ticks as well. Oh, Um, the propane attracts ticks and then they stick, stick to the uh, sticky thing that's on the machine. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you must have, it must be the horrible little, almost like a horror movie, these little creatures attached to there. That's quite the, yeah, both ticks oh, yeah. and, well, good. I think doing some outdoor prevention is also helpful. But Camelia, yeah. I'm going to thank you for your call because it's been very helpful and educational to all. And, and good luck with your little toy poodle, okay? Oh, um, I want to ask you, um, uh, if I can, another question. Well, I have to um, take news, but I'm happy okay. to put you on hold. Will you be willing to hold? Oh. Oh, that's okay. I'll call you back. 
Okay. All right. Thank you. We got to do the news. All right. Thank you for calling. And I appreciate that very much. But this is the strict hard one. I have to leave. I don't have any flexibility. So we'll be back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk, and we've had constant moving boards here that people are calling in, asking questions, which I absolutely appreciate and love you sharing what's happening in your own homes. And Bob, I recognize your name and how are those kittens doing? Am I with you, Bob? Uh, I'm so sorry. Okay, great. How are you? Good. Everything's going good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, What's going on? One of them was out like a ride on the workbench here. Uh (laughs) Uh, um, They're going to get their booster shot next week and then next month they're going to go get fixed. Oh, fantastic. That's what we want. We don't want any yep. unwanted kittens at this time. So um, so they've been going but I get a, Yes, but I got an older house, and every once in a while I get a fly or something, and now they're coming down in the basement and hanging out with me in the man cave. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually the flies and mosquitoes I don't worry about because, like I say, it's an old house. I got a bunch of windows I've never even opened, and okay. there's spider webs there, and the flies don't last long. Okay. But, uh, today, there's one window I open all the time, which is nice and clean. One of the kitties came across a bee. Um, I said, I don't think I should let that one hang around. Uh, bees probably aren't good for kittens, right? No, not at all. I mean, they can get some a severe allergic reaction. So that was, yeah. I mean, I almost thought for about six seconds about, uh, maybe I'll let them learn a lesson. And then I said, are you still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. And same thing with yeah. dogs. You know, I have people, um, especially this time, you know, the um, I'm seeing all sorts of flowers on, on bushes and the bees are starting to become active. And some dogs will chase at them just like cats. And I don't encourage it because if even if they bite them, that stinger can get into the mouth and their mouth can just swell and they get, um, they drool. I, I mean, I will say the majority of bee stings in um, cats and dogs are um, they get an allergic reaction they can get hives all over their body it generally doesn't yeah. cause death but you still have to watch it you still have to be very careful yeah I'm, I'm sitting there i'm looking out the window so i see the bee flying around i see the cat whacking a couple of times and <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't kill anything you, you may- know the flies that come in here uh-huh. uh you know nature takes the course the bee the the spiders take care of them. okay um wasps Kill, I kill wasps if one gets in there. Um, bees, they don't usually get in there. I said, I'm sorry, dude. I got to let you go. Well, <laughs> I got the newspaper out and see you later. <laughs> well, we were talking about ticks earlier, which you probably heard. And ticks, guy has yeah. to, is that an exception to your rule? Because again, those things are, I, I hate ticks. They're just totally gross to me. And Oh, they are. Yeah. I mean, I used to diseases. walk outside. I used to walk outside barefoot Ugh. all the time. I, I never walked barefoot out in the yard anymore we have to be so i mean much one time I, I stepped on something or something bit me yeah. and my leg blew up like like uh, right. and a doctor said i had some 
allergic to react. So now I go with shoes on all the time. Yeah, I think our lives have changed a little bit. Um, these insects are seem to be carrying more potent diseases, new diseases. I, I really, I've never let my son, when he was younger, go into the woods. I always stay on the path. And I really encourage that with people when they're walking with their dogs or, um, or even their cats, not let them go into the woods. And a lot of people, or even the tall grass, that tall grass, those ticks love to be in there. So... Um, you know, just trying to be careful, and I know I'm on the extreme side because I see what these diseases can do to our pets. Yeah, well, you, you've seen the bad side. I have, I have. Well, hey, listen, good luck with your kittens with their, oh, I know the surgery is going to go well. One more thing, when my daughter tried, when she brought them to the vet for the first visit, they yeah. had these new uh, carriers. They yeah. both broke out of the carrier <laughs> in their car. Oh, so, <laughs> I wish I was there with a camera. So somehow they were running around the car. Somehow she got them back in or brought them into the vet. When they went to the vet, they were great. Uh, oh, you know, I'm sure. You know, at first they were pain and everything. And then when they got back home, everything was cool. So, you know, and I, I heard from one of my friends when you bring them in the car, put a blanket over them. Yeah. So and- she's going to try that when she goes next week to that- get the booster shot. Yeah. And that's All right, actually. I'll call, you every month, I'll call you every couple months so okay. you know how they're doing. I appreciate oh, it, Bob. He's, he's, he's waking up now, one of them. <laughs> you got to send me All some right. pictures. All right. Bye-bye now. Yeah. Th- I mean, you can't help but smile seeing these two kittens that are probably just running around and having a good time and very responsible owner and making sure both the, the male is neutered and the female is, is spayed as well. We're going to make sure that happens. Uh, I think uh, Jean, Jean is next. So, you know what? I just felt something itch my skin, and I, I because of talking about ticks, I jumped like a little baby here. Um, I know there's no ticks on me, but Gene, how can I help you today? Thank you for calling Pet Talk. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm terrific. Thank you for asking. All right. I have a little chihuahua, mm-hmm. and he's a purebred. He weighs, he only weighs about eight or eight or nine pounds. Mm-hmm. And he has developed a cough. And I heard you talking earlier about another dog with a cough. Yeah. And you mentioned something about that he's, they were licking their paws. Um, yeah, well, that was actually, um, yeah, that was not because of the cough. It was kind of a, a sidebar to licking the paws. Okay. Um, but how old, is, how old is your chihuahua? He's. Probably in the vicinity of 16. Oh, wow. Okay. He's, he's a... And the symptoms of this cough, I mean, if I had gotten this cough like this, I'd be afraid that I got hit with a little bronchitis. Okay. Okay. So That's it's a little bit symptom. dry, a little bit of a dry cough. Well, yeah. If he, if, he, if he runs around a little bit or if he barks for a little bit, it it's like affects his breathing and okay. antagonizes his cough. Okay. And he coughs and, and he like chokes all of a sudden, but nothing comes out. Okay. You know, the first thing that I do think about um, with, with a coughing in a 16-year-old is the first thing I think is how healthy is my heart and my little chihuahua? Is a, yep. Has a heart murmur ever been picked up when he's been seen by his veterinarian? No, uh, no. not that I can say. Okay, good. Um, I think, you know, s- sometimes they can have an enlarged heart that's maybe not necessarily in heart disease or in congestive heart failure, but because the heart will enlarge sometimes, it gets a little bit bigger than it should, it can push on the trachea, which is that windpipe 
And sometimes yep. when they run around a little bit or they even sometimes lie down too long, that it can irritate that pressure of the heart pushing on the trachea. Yeah, the poor little thing. I mean, he'll go into that little coffin spell in the middle of the night. Right, right. And you that, know, he'll be sleeping, you know, and he wakes up. Right. Yeah, yeah, really, Gene. I mean, I would really suggest, and my recommendation would be, even if it's he's not due for his annual visit with his veterinarian, I, I think yep. I would have him. T- I would take him in, make an appointment, make sure that the the doctor listens to the heart, examines him, puts some, evaluates the windpipe, the trachea, because we. I think there are things we can do because for a dog to get up in the middle of the night to cough. You know how we would feel if we're doing that. There's something right. going on, and I think there's um, a diagnosis to be made, and I do think there's probably good treatments that we can give because even though we're 16 years old, I always look at this portion of someone's life as good quality life. Every year is yeah. a gift. Um, you've He's lived a wonderful life at 16 years, but why not make sure we get some more years added on and those years are good quality. Uh, yeah, so I mean, be, I uh-huh. I would feel bad if something happened to him. I know. He, 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 he came from a breeder in Wisconsin, mm. and he was the love of my mm. girlfriend's life, you oh. know. I mean, he, she loved this dog more than me, <laughs> and uh, it was I amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can picture that, and that's why you want to do right by him. And, um, well, and again- you know, she she made me promise to take care of him, and back in December... She was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I lost her. Oh, I'm so sorry. So yep. sorry, Jane. Yeah, this is, yeah, and that emotional attachment. with, with What's the chihuahua's name? What's your chihuahua? Pachuca. Pachuca. Um, and, and again, sometimes I don't want you, because you've had this serious and um, just tragic loss, I don't want you to be afraid to bring Pachuca in to see the veterinarian. It's not necessary that we're going to give you bad news and there's nothing we can do about it. But I Well, do I'm we hesitant always to take him anywhere because he's a little bit fresh, too. <laughs> yeah, we, we're used to that in veterinary offices. We get the most, for the most part, you know, everyone is loved, but they're, they're in a little unusual situation. Don't worry. Everyone is professional in the veterinary office. Well, at times office. he's even fresh to me. Oh, uh, you know, I, every once in a while. Uh, he'll snap at me and try and bite you. And He's not the only Chihuahua that I know that will do that. So don't, yep. don't, okay. okay. But let's see if we can get him some care and get the help his his daily living. That would be my my strongest advice, Gene. Okay. All right. Thank you so That's much. That's we'll do. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye now. Bye. I can't. Uh, we only have 14 minutes left here. I can't believe how fast uh, the the hour is going by. I I do know we have to take another quick break, but we'll be back. Um, You're listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back. We are listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, Chief of Staff at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And on Saturday afternoons from 1 to 2, we are very fortunate to be here in the studio, a, a WTIC 1080 studio. I um, alternate my the Saturdays with Lori Fass, who is our professional dog trainer, pet trainer. She can um, answer your questions about training your pets, making sure they're they're raised the proper way in terms of listening to you, commands, um, just trying to have the best pet that um, you can have as company in your home. And I'm trying to make sure you have the healthiest pet. 
And a lot of this is all about prevention. Uh, once there is an issue, like we were just talking to Gene about his little coughing chihuahua, um, and it's it's important to know that I, I have been in this field long enough to remember when there were so many different medical issues that we could not um, help. We could not repair, and people were just very fearful the, of bringing their pets in because, of course, you, you worry about that ultimate uh, conversation that it, it's time. And I, I it's very rare that I have to have that conversation because there's so many things that we can do in terms of caring for our pets, uh, preventing the diseases. But then even once they get the disease, I remember diabetes was almost a death sentence for dogs and cats. But we have so many wonderful treatments and and there's so much that you can uh, do at home. That's not what I would call a heroic. It's not like it's some people say I'm against chemotherapy for cancer. And I listen to them if that's their wish for their pet. But they're but there's so many other diseases um, that I deal with on a daily basis. Even one of the most common things that we were talking about, you know, allergies earlier in the show today. You know, there, there's great, great treatments. Now, I know it hurts the pocketbook, and I know it's a sacrifice. This, the financial aspect of caring for our pets has gotten more expensive because we can do more. Next week, I have eight different patients that are coming in to have an echocardiogram. They're having, we're really going to take a good look at their hearts, but it's not, unless they have insurance, it, there is an expense. And I do every day appreciate the fact that we want to do what's best. But, you know, again, it's, it's coming out of our, our pocket. And as I've spoken about before, pet insurance, for those of you that are in that category of individuals that feel like your pets are part of your your family and you want to do everything you can medically, I would always encourage one to look into pet insurance as well because it has been very valuable to many of my clients. Um, we only have about five minutes left. So can I just step back a little bit talking about those ticks, those horrible little creatures again, because you will encounter them at some point whether it's on ourselves, but may I encourage you to look online and just type in um, ticks or type in the, the type of ticks that we see here commonly in Connecticut, brown dog tick, black-legged deer tick. They're, they come in all different sizes. I have had people, and I know this will probably make you cringe, I have had people come in and say, listen, I've been pulling on this tick. It doesn't want to come off. It's near her her belly button, and um, I need you to, to, to help me get rid of it. Well, many times what that turns out, once I hear it's on the abdomen or on, the, on their belly button, near their belly button, sometimes people are pulling on their nipples. Male dogs and female dogs have nipples, whether they're neutered or spayed or whatever. They do have tiny little nipples. So that's one thing I don't want you pulling on, okay? But look at them and look how tiny of them. A, a deer tick, which an adult, which is a fully grown adult, which is the largest size, that's only about an eighth of an inch. They are so teeny tiny. So if you can recognize them, recognize when they've been there a while, whether they're flat uh, and whether they're engorged. The other thing about ticks is how do you remove them? How do you remove them safely? You are not going to burn them. You're not going to take a match and put that match up against your pet's skin while the tick is attached. I, if you want to burn them afterwards, that's up to you. But you want to 
pull them straight up. I recommend tweezers. Just pull the tweezers, and you're almost going to take a little bit of the skin as you're pulling that tick away from your pet. Just part the hair, really get a good look at it. Take that tweezer at the as close to the skin as you can, and you're basically, when you pull on it, you're pulling the mouth part. You're pulling where the tick, the tick attaches by its mouth, where it feeds. Just pull straight up. I have a little jar of rubbing alcohol, and I put the tick down in there. I um, I... I don't like flushing them down the toilet or the sink. I just feel like they're not truly dead. So I put them in a jar of alcohol, and that's the right way to do it. I also love this uh, little tool. It has come in handy many, many times. It's called the Tick Lasso, and it has been um, every single time you don't leave the head behind. And some people say, well, if I don't get the head, if I don't get the whole tick out, is it going to grow a new body? The answer is no to that. It's not going to grow a new body. It's just going to be a matter of um, it, it almost serves like a splinter. If the head stays in there, it just serves at a little area that can get inflamed. Yes, you can pull it out and, and dig that out, but you, you want to be careful. Eventually, it will come out on its own. Uh, maybe put a little dab of antibiotic on it in the meantime. So that's tick recognition, tick removal, and then tick prevention. There and talk to your veterinarian or your veterinarian office about that. There are some things you can get on um, over the counter that are topical. Some of you have probably heard of something like Frontline or, or Frontline Plus. Those are um, topical that you put on. And then there's several different oral medications, and you can look at those online and talk to your veterinarian about what they think is best. Um, I, um, I I feel that I try to work with somebody's. Um, lifestyle. There's collars that people like to put on. Not all collars are equal, but if people have young children or they feel like their, you know, their their baby is just crawling all over their golden retriever, they don't necessarily want to have a collar on that dog. So whatever works out best with your lifestyle is uh, there's something available, but let's use something. And and the all na- all natural products uh, I haven't found them to work. But again, I always make sure that you, this is your decision. So those are the tick issues. And that is, so because since we had so many calls, uh, I will, was going to talk about heartworm disease, which is different because ticks are something that you can see. And whereas the heartworm is transmitted by a mosquito, but here in the Northeast, we want to make sure that both dogs and cats are on a monthly heartworm prevention. Many of you that have uh, cats may not have heard that you have to worry about cats and heartworm disease, but even if you have indoor cats, mosquitoes get into the house, they fly in, they bite your mosquito, bite your mosquito, bite your cat or your dog, and that's how they transmit heartworm disease. It takes up five to seven months for these this heartworm disease to truly develop, where these worms are living in the heart, but. When it's at a microscopic stage, it's living in the mosquito. And again, just like ticks, not every tick is carrying a disease. I'm going to say the same thing about mosquitoes. Not every mosquito is carrying heartworm. But it's something that if we really, really need a prevention on a monthly basis, talk to your veterinarian. They are prescription, whereas the tick and flea control is something that you can get over the counter. And and finally, yes, fleas. Fleas, we... 
It used to be such a mess. Remember the days of flea powder where you used to have to powder your pet and the fleas were in the house? That's become minimal because of these wonderful, safe flea and tick preventions. So the warm weather just got me thinking about these ugly little parasites. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank Kevin for producing the show and Justin for always adding some great music to the show. Uh, Lori Fast will be back next week, and I'll be back two weeks from now. Thank you for listening on Pet Talk. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.